Am I living it? What? Do I live in it? Yeah. So astounding. Love is an ocean, you can drown me. The sweet embrace, the lovely taste, I taste the sea. I'm under grace, the place to be. It means I'll never need an umbrella. I'm cool in the cold, in the hot weather. Whether or never I ever understand I'm a man in the hands of great plans. I stand with faith there in the life I never know to touch. Instead, I stop and clutch, but I'm like, what's the dream of? What's the hope in? What's the doubt for? Live to no end. This is living. The life I've been given is a gift. If I'm a living, I'm a living to death. So what's the dream of? What's the hope in? What's the doubt for? And live to no end. This is living. The life I've been given is a gift. If I'm a living, I'm a living to death. Summer's getting ready to kick off, and we invite you to get your youth there to our student ministries here at Crosstown. They will have a great time, and the schedule's loaded up with great things that they're going to be able to do. So just, you know, get them a part of it. You know what happened with our youth, youth yesterday was they did a ministry for Doors of Freedom, which is an anti-sex trade ministry here in Charleston to help raise money for the victims of that and with your help they raised a thousand dollars that will be given to the open door to the doors ministry yeah that was all youth that was all youth that pulled it off so we encourage you to get your your young people connected with our youth ministry here at Crosstown God is calling us to rise and to shine and through the power of the resurrection we've seen that God is transforming lives Isaiah 60 said, arise and shine, God talking to each of us. He said, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you, for darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you and me, and his glory will be seen upon us. And we learned about the darkness that people live in, and, and, and we all do, there's a degree of dysfunction that we live in when we choose not to live in the truth of God in any area of our life, whether it's in our marriages, whether it's as a mom or a dad or in our parenting or the way that we interact with people at work or in our habits, there are these areas of darkness that God is calling us to, to come to light with and to walk into his truth. But last week we opened up a big issue and if you're a theologian here and you get into the theology stuff, there was, there was some pretty cool stuff that was revealed but it also applies to us as ordinary folks on how God wants to reveal himself to the world. And I think we all have an idea on what would be the best way for God to show himself to maybe one of our loved ones or a friend at work. If God could just do this, if he could just perform some sort of miracle or if he could, you know, inscribe his face on some distant star someplace when we're looking through a telescope and we could look through and we could prove the existence of God and that we would have God reveal himself in a way that we think he should reveal himself to the people that we love. I, I, I've really grown to love the way that young couples um, are celebrating life. You know, when I was growing up, when, when it was time for a couple to have a baby, you know, the men sm smoked cigars sitting in the waiting room someplace, because back then you could smoke in a hospital. 
But, you know, it's like you, we'd smoke cigars and the lady folk would go in and, and have the baby and the men folk would sit someplace drinking, you know, a shot of whiskey and having a cigar being totally removed from it. Man, I tell you what, there are some great things that I'm glad we don't do any longer in America, you know, because I love the way young families are celebrating, husband and wives together are celebrating children. And, and I love the way they decide to reveal the gender of their kids. You know, they go through this incredible time of, the, of being pregnant, and then they won't even know what the gender of the child is, and they'll throw a big reveal party. And maybe you've been there. If you're my age, you may not be familiar with these things, but they'll throw these big reveal parties where they will find out with all of their guests what the gender of their new child is. So they came up with some really clever things. And so I put together a compilation of some of the videos that people did of their reveal, how they revealed that their child's gender was, what their child's gender was going to be. I also I put it all together, and I love the soundtracks that they put on these videos. Some of them are professionally done. Some of them are as redneck as can be. But you know what? They are... I, they're part of how this, these couples chose to reveal the gender of their baby. So let's, let's watch these together.
What a really cool thing, all you couples, keep it up because it's just exciting to watch how you're celebrating life and how you choose to reveal it. And you know, we, we have a way that we think that God should reveal himself to us. We go into the microscope or we go into the telescope and we go into all these different arguments to prove the existence of God and, and all of those are good proofs to show the necessity of God, but God is just like any young couple. He's he has chosen how he wants to do his reveal. He has chosen how he wants to be seen by people, how he wants to reveal what he's doing. And we don't get to determine the terms of his self-proofing. And our love for each other has been his decision on how he's going to reveal himself. That's how he chooses to let the world know about himself. In John 17, Jesus was praying to the Father, and he says, Father, I pray that they may be one just as you, Father, are in me and I'm in you, that they may also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. That God has decided that the way that he's going to reveal himself is through how we love one another how we love other people around us, that that's the reveal of God. You know, I, I, I'm really into what's called cosmology, and that's the study of the origin of the universe and all the arguments that surround, you know, Big Bang Theory, uh, multiverses, the origin, you know, of the species, all those kind of really cool things. And, you know, I, I hear atheists all the time, or I'll, I'll hear even uh, doubting Christians. It's like if God could just, you know, like leave a giant footprint someplace, that we could find, then we would, then we would believe in God, and, and God has decided how he will reveal himself. And the way that he said he would do it is, it will be measured based upon the quality of our love for each other. So, so it's, it's not the scientist that's producing atheists, it's the believer that's producing atheists. Because we don't love in such a convincing kind of way. We don't do marriage in such a convincing kind of way or parenting or whatever it may be or forgiveness at work. We don't do it in such a convincing way to show that the activity of God is happening here on planet Earth. We were not just put here on this world to represent Jesus. We were put here to present Jesus that we are to be so connected with God that our lives is the presentation of the love of God and the existence of God. And I think we'd all agree that the state of the world is no different today than it is, than it was 3,000 years ago. Um, you still have Israel, interestingly enough, you know, chucking some warfare at some other 
some Arab nations surrounding them, and it's going on this week, and, and it was going on 3,000 years ago that there was battle taking place. And we may have some improvements in the, in the spears that we chuck. There may be some development in our technology, in our sciences, and even in our humanities. But we still have the same fundamental problems. And when we begin to bring it from a global perspective to a personal one, we are still faced with the same struggles of self-identity, of self-worth, our physical needs, the social challenges that we have. We still are faced with the issue of darkness around us. And God wants to prove himself. And he wants to prove himself through us. And he has a solution for all of it. And God has a way of cutting through the craziness and the darkness. And you may know what that's like. You may be living in that craziness and darkness. You may, you may call it your marriage. You may call it your relationship with your family. You may call it the place that you work at. But God has a way to cut through all of it. And it's called, you know, it's not really sophisticated. It's called shining. And I'm not referring to the Stephen King novel, but it's, it's, it's called shining. That's how God cuts through darkness. Let me read to you the rest of Isaiah 60, starting in verse 2. He said, For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and that's their earth and our earth, our lives and their lives, and thick darkness the people. But the Lord will rise upon you, on you and me, the people who are in relationship with him, and his glory shall be seen upon us. And he continues and he says, and the nations shall come to your light, to yours and my light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. You know, I know some of you who are, who are deep Christians and, and you want to protect God getting all the glory, and I totally understand that. But you'll see as Jesus is talking to his disciples, Jesus will say, I am the light of the world. And then after he's been with them for about three years, his language changes a little bit. He says, you are the light of the world. He all of a sudden takes the focus from the light being on him, but rather the light working through believers and then saying that we are the light of the world. And what he's saying here is that the nations shall come to your light. They're not come to church, not, not come to the Bible. I mean, those are all, you know, down the road. But people will be drawn to your light. Nations shall see the brightness of your rising. When you rise up out of the dysfunction of life, when your marriage rises up with the truth of God in it, when the light and the life of God is flowing to your life, as you begin to rise up, as Jesus rose from the dead, and your life begins to turn around, it says that the nations, the people who are observing your life, will be drawn to your light. This is the way that God has chosen to solve the problem of darkness on planet Earth. There is no other solution coming. There's no great charismatic person to be elected president of our country that will dispel the darkness of the earth. There's no great nation that will one day rise up and dispel all the darkness of, of the earth, but rather we're told that when we get a hold of God's truth, when we get filled with God's spirit, that we begin to rise up out of the darkness of our own lives 
that the nations will actually be drawn to us. And he says, lift up your eyes all around. Look around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be carried upon the hip. What a beautiful Mother's Day picture. But I think there, is, there isn't a mother here, there isn't a parent here that wouldn't want to see the family that they've been raised with, whether it's your siblings in the past, whether it's an estranged relationship, being drawn to the light of God and being restored back to you. But that's exactly what God is saying, is that when you and I begin this thing called shining, when our lives begin to rise up with the truth of God, it's drawn to it. I get so many wonderful grandmas that call the church and say, yeah, my grandson's an atheist. He doesn't believe in God. And I know you're really into science and all. I was wondering if you could talk to him. And it's like, yeah, that ain't going to get it done. I, I'll be honest with you. I've been doing this now for 20-something years. I, I have got some really good arguments. Do you know what? Nobody's asking me for any of the answers that I've got all the answers to. Nobody's asking me any of the questions on how I resolve multiverses or evolution. I mean, nobody's, a, nobody's asking that. What people are being drawn to is the hope that people's lives have. That's right, so they'll be like, hey, can you talk? Because I know if, if he would just talk to you, you would solve all the problems that he's having, and you'd answer all the questions. And it's like, I'm sorry, no, every one of us are supposed to rise up. That when a dad rises up with the glory of God in his life and begins to shine and begins to overcome the dysfunctions of his life, kids see that. Kids see a dad go from bad to better. I mean, my life was a perfect example of that. My father was World War II abusive. I mean, just, he was a harsh man. Now, I don't think he was a wicked man, but he was just so harsh. And he didn't need to be, but he, he just was so heavy-handed with all of us. But as he got older, and as he got in this relationship with Christ, and as it began to permeate his life, he created this argument that spoke against everything and every question we may have had. It was an argument of the love of God that, that, that spoke against our anger towards him, that brought uh, just a resolving of relationship. You know, all my life I grew up loving my mother, and she was an incredible selfless individual who gave constantly. And I would always hide in the shadow of my mother and try to, you know, dodge my dad you know, if he was angry or he had a martini or two too many. And I remember just trying to get out of the way. Mom would kind of block a little bit of that, that process. But it was really interesting as my parents got older, when my dad got Jesus, I'm telling you what, whatever my mother did to, to speak Christ into my life, my father multiplied it exponentially. Just something about it that but the, the change and the transformation of his life, his rising. I knew he had been a jerk, but I saw something change in his life. I mean, how does somebody go from that to this incredible person that he became unless there is a God? So you don't need me to talk to your, your angry young son. You don't need me to talk to your boss and convince him about the existence of God. We're told in scripture that they will be drawn to your rising. 
that you, Jesus said, are the light of the world and that they will be drawn to your rising and your sons will come from afar. And some of you have got sons in places that are way away from God and you're desperate. Your hearts are really desperate for your boys and you wish they would just come. And you know, when they come home, don't, don't give them an argument. Don't give them, you know, challenge them about who they're living with or who they're sleeping with. They know what they're doing. Just love them. Create a rising within yourself. You can't force a rising in them. Let your rising be a light to them and will draw them. The scripture says, and your sons will come from afar and they will be brought to your light. Your daughters will be carried upon the hip. Your family, your friends will be drawn to your shining. This summer we're going to have movie nights on the front lawn. It's gonna be great. We're gonna have a giant 16 foot screen. We've got a popcorn machine. We're gonna do Bouncy Castle. Our, um, all the dads in the church are gonna be sponsoring this, putting it on for their families. We're gonna do s'mores. It, it really will be a great time. We're gonna create an atmosphere of, of friendship. But we're also making it something that people can see, kind of a shining. I mean, because we're gonna do this right on the front lawn of the church, and we're gonna position the screen just right so that if you're driving down Bees Ferry Road, you're all of a sudden, your little kids are gonna look over and they're gonna say, hey, mommy, I just saw Simba on the, a, a, a big giant Aladdin on the screen over there. Can we go to that church? So in the middle of the darkness, they'll see the shining. But the key component for this whole thing working is the projector. And the projector's gotta have the ability to throw a high def image, because we do nothing less than high def. It's gotta throw a high def um, 28, from 28 feet away, while the sun's going down in the summer, competing with the, tr the traffic and the light from the building. So it required us to look at the capabilities of this projector for this wonderful uh, evenings that we're gonna have together. I don't know when the last time you went was, but when we go shopping for a new TV, the size of the TV may be the initial driving feature. It kind of is it's what gets guys in the building, is the size. That the ladies, I don't know if you under, have understood there's been a shift, a paradigm shift in, in the United States. We no longer buy a TV that fits the ennui, okay? Now you get the ennui to fit the TV. So when you go in, you start looking at it, you may say, well, it's time to upgrade my TV and get the biggest one I could possibly get, but it's not just about size. There's these three things that go into a, a TV that has shining built into it. It has brightness, it has contrast, and it has clarity. And I think you can see where I'm going with this. It doesn't matter how big or grand your life is. It doesn't matter what kind of car you drive. It doesn't matter your education level. It doesn't matter what your paycheck is. But, the, but when God's truth begins to change our lives, it has an effect on the quality of our shining. How well people can see God in our lives. It affects our brightness. It affects our contrast. It affects our clarity. And what is our brightness? It's really simple, and we'll talk about these over the next couple of weeks. 
But what is our brightness? It's our love. It's our hopefulness. You know, it's, it's, it's that, why are you so happy about your life? Why are you so excited about your life? Why are you so loving? Why are you so kind? That's a key component to your shining. And I think God's gonna wanna challenge us about it because a lot of us will have some of the other features and we'll be really good at one of these, but we'll stink at the other two of them. This really happens a lot. But he wants to work in our lives about our brightness, about our love. But are we always down? Are we always, you know, looking at the worst things that take place in the news? Okay, I I gotta be honest with you. I understand Donald Trump is a challenge for all of us, whether you voted for him or not. I know he's he's a real challenge. But you know, I used to be a CNN person. I love going to CNN. But they are not gonna let that guy off the mat. I mean, their negativity to anything happen in this world is just absolutely over the top. So I decided it's time for me to switch back over to Fox News. And I went over to Fox News. Can you get more stupid than Fox News? I mean, it's just stupid. You know, it's, it's just absolutely insane what's going on. So somebody's got to start shining around here. Somebody's got to believe God's in control. Somebody's got to have hope in them. Somebody's got to have brightness because it can't be found anywhere else. People will be drawn to our love. They'll be drawn to our brightness. Probably the biggest, as I checked CNET, and that's where you go to look at technology on the web, as I begin to look at it, they say that the biggest feature in buying a new TV or an outdoor projector is contrast. It's that ability to separate the white and black and the colors and the contrast in the image. And I think that's our commitment to the word of God, is that we understand what, what God says is right, and we understand what God says is wrong, and we walk in that contrast. We, if God says forgive, then we do that. If God says turn away from this thing, we turn away from that thing. But the, that contrast in our life begins to make the shining of God in our lives. Now, I will say in the Bible Belt, Contrast is probably the area that most of our shinings have. We, we're, we're, we're dead set about what's right and wrong. And we don't mind sharing with people what's right and wrong, particularly in some cowardice Facebook posting. And put our morality out there on Facebook and, you know, it's like, we don't need TVs with just contrast. You know, where we just spout out what we think is right and wrong. We need TVs with brightness, with love and hope, but we also have to hold truth to know what is right and what is wrong and walk in the understanding of God's word. And then there's this last component of a great TV, a great shining of a Christian, and it's our clarity. And what is our clarity? That's our character. Because, you know, you could talk about Jesus till you're blue in the face. And you could talk about what God wants for people's lives. And, but if your character is opposite of what God is communicating, 
it fuzzes the whole image. Isn't it hard to follow after somebody's faith when they are not walking the clarity of that faith themselves through character? But when you get an individual, I mean, just imagine these kinds of individuals planted around our families, our schools, our hospitals, our workplaces, our construction sites, our, our, our politics. Just imagine these kind of people who have brightness. They have love and hope. They have contrast. They understand the difference between right and wrong. And they have clarity. They are people of character. And God says that when we become this, when each and every one of us, our sons will come from afar. Our daughters will be carried upon the hip. That the nations will see our rising into these people that have brightness and contrast and clarity and will be drawn to us. That's God's solution for the darkness of the world. That's God's big reveal, is you and I. You are the revelation of God on planet Earth. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do you take a, a, a candle and put it under a bushel, but rather you put it on a lampstand and it shines to the whole room and the whole house. There is hope for the world. I'm glad, to, I'm glad to tell you. And there is hope for your family. And there's hope for your marriage. And there's hope for your son who's afar. And there is hope for the people you work with. It's your shining. It's your shining. God has already come in his son. And he has shown the world. And he's died his death on the cross, and on the third day rose again. And now he gave us the Holy Spirit and his word in us, Christ. And he says, now you are the light of the world. You are the shining. You are the hope. Nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing, will draw a person out of darkness than a person with love, truth, and character. Nothing. My sermons may give them a momentary answer to a question, but your shining will draw them to God. Nothing in the world, no miracle, I because mean, you can question miracle. I have miraculously seen miracles take place. I have had a miraculous one take place even in my own body. But you know what, five years later, you're kind of like, well, maybe it was the medicine. Or maybe it was the doctor. Though that my doctor would tell you he didn't do nothing. He, he would tell you that was a miracle that took care of me. But you know, we can always question a miracle, can't we? We can always question a photograph that, you know, looks like a cloud shaped like the face of Jesus. Or a pizza that looks like the Blessed Virgin. Or you know, I mean, all these crazy, stupid things. If you're looking into the clouds or a pizza to find the face of God, you're not gonna find it. Where the face of God's going to be found is going to be how you and I love one another. That's it. I mean, that's what God's calling. A miracle may be viewed with skepticism. An argument can be refuted. A book 
can be ignored, but a light in the darkness will always be seen. And that's what God's called us to. You know, as we move into this moment of expressions, I know that if you're, if you're a parent here, your heart aches for your kids. If you're in a marriage here, you're, maybe your heart is aching for your marriage or for the people that you work with. Maybe you look at the world around and you turn into CNN or Fox and all you are reminded of is the darkness that has come upon the face of the earth and upon the whole people of the earth. Well, don't give up hope that God's got a plan to reveal himself right in the middle of your situation. It's not gonna come from a new president. It's not gonna come from a new technology or a new pill. It's not gonna take, come from a new country rising up on the face of the earth. But God will be revealed through yours and mine shining as we begin to rise up with the truth of God, the power of God, the love of God. People will see it. This verse is not just a casual verse for me. When I went through a divorce over 30 years ago, I remember um, I was a single parent and had to share custody with my um, ex-spouse and, and as a father that really just weighed on me heavily that my daughter was not with me I mean it just broke my heart I flied to go get her and you know she lived in San Antonio and I'd fly and stay there and visit or I'd fly and pick her up and then bring her back to Charleston and fly back and you know just ran up credit cards if you're gonna run up a credit card this is the only reason why you should do it because I was not gonna let any distance become between me and my, my little girl. And I remember begging God, God, please don't let my daughter be a casualty of, of this. Help me be the kind of dad. And he gave me Isaiah 60, verse three and four. And he said to me, Paul, and your daughter Dawn will come to your light and your little girl will come to your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see, and she will be gathered together to you, and she will come, and your children shall come from afar, and your daughter shall be carried upon your hip. So I'm like, God, what do I gotta do? And God just told me, rise and shine. Seek my glory, walk in my word, live in my love and my hopefulness, follow my truth, Live with character, and she will be drawn to your shining. And it worked. Dawn is now, you know, got three wonderful kids, and her little boy's name is Paul. You know, the shining took. We have this great, incredible relationship. And I know that some of you are, th are there with me. You know what it's like to be separated, to have a son who's afar, a daughter who's away from you a relationship that is broken. You know what it's like to live in darkness, whether you created it or someone else. And God's saying here today, moms don't give up, dads don't give up. Sons and daughters don't give up. Wherever you are and whatever relationship is, just rise up with the shining of God and they will be drawn to your brightness. Father, as we enter into this moment with you, we do so with hope. 
and we do so knowing that there is a darkness upon the face of the earth. And it may be new to us, but it's not new to you. And it may be impossible to us, but it's not impossible for you. And you've chosen to reveal yourself through each and every one of us. This is not a time for us to withdraw, but this is a time for us to rise up. This is a time for us to shine with your love, with your truth, with your hopefulness, with, your, with character. So Father, take every one of us as we come to your table, as we come into this moment of worship, take our lives and use them for your shining. Fill us with your love, your truth. We thank you, God. We thank you. Thank you.